Take in all the many seasons and gradations of gray that are you. Wrap soft, glistening tendrils of hope around the malnourished places that are hard to love about you. Feed the darkness with curiosity instead of brightness. Look beyond what you think you see and invite the gloom to be itself completely. We're all alone And we're all one Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast and vlog for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and today's episode is the first of its kind, where I am combining both audio and video. So if you're listening to this podcast, I just want to encourage you to check out the show notes and look for the link so that you can actually watch the video that accompanies this. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I just want you to also know that you could listen on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, wherever you hear podcasts. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a creative process that involves some conscious ritual action that is for shifting and changing one's energy. So in this episode, I'm talking about a specific issue that I have had in my life and how I painted my way through it. And that doesn't mean that I don't have the issue anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm, I've completely resolved it and now it no longer bothers me. <laughs> what it means is that I have a new way of relating to it, new tools, new consciousness, and my energy is creating new patterns. And so my experience around it is different and that's ever evolving. So, and it's much more interesting than just staying in the old rut. I'm going to begin by just reading a poem that goes along with one of the paintings and kind of the overarching theme of this entire series. And it's called Embracing the Dark. Do not deny the beauty of the dark outside your window, for the window out is the window in. Do not retreat in misery, wishing for frolicking sunny days, whenever the skies are weeping and the gale winds are moaning through the creaky trees, bending under the misty gray gloom, as though you could be relieved of your own shadow. Do not despise those endless, cold, drop-sealing days that may as well be nights. Dare to savor the contrast instead, to let the dreary be, rather than seeking to extinguish the darkness with light. Remember that you are the weather, ugly and beautiful, mournful and joyful, whole and grateful, fluctuating and changeful. Take in all the many seasons and gradations of gray that are you. Wrap soft, glistening tendrils of hope 
around the malnourished places that are hard to love about you. Feed the darkness with curiosity instead of brightness. Look beyond what you think you see and invite the gloom to be itself completely. Ponder its stories, revel in its mysteries, allowing the dark inside, outside, to unveil its strange beauty, to feel at home in the embrace of you. So the theme of this art series that I engaged in um, over the last few months was about the weather and my feelings about the weather here in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up here and then I moved away and lived, as soon as I could, I moved to sunny Arizona, Northern California, New York, LA, and really tried to find my way home in the sun. And I couldn't find my way home to the sun only because my home was here. And I ended up coming back here about 17 years ago or so. And I just, I've lived here ever since in the Pacific Northwest with this deep disdain for the gray, cold, rainy, wet weather that is a lot of the year. <laughs> And I've been learning how to reckon with that. So I decided that I really wanted to transform the way I feel about the dark and the weather. And I want to invite you to think about this in, as a metaphor, because the weather is just a metaphor for anything that we don't like, right? Anything that we have resistance to. And in the poem, I was talking about how the window out is the window in. And what we see in our outer world is always a reflection of what's going on in our inner world. And so I, I found an opportunity in there, um, in that discomfort, and to really explore how can I create more acceptance? How can I find the beauty? How can I cultivate a nourishing relationship with the dark and the cold and the dreary. And I have a million tools that I use to combat that, and yet it still has been a thing that I have to work hard with, right? So that's a gift. I've, I've been gifted this opportunity, and all of our challenges um, hold gifts for us to <laughs> work through, right? To learn and grow from. And, and this one is for me, I decided that I wanted to use this particular challenge as the theme of this art series. And so everything that I painted um, was coming from that place of how can I find the love for the dreary? And I gave myself a limited color palette to explore these abstract paintings through. And I taught myself an entirely new way of painting. And this was also a form of ritual action that I was taking. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. Because taking ritual action through a creative project like this is a really profoundly cool way to 
shift and change your energy and your perception of things in your life. So that's what this this painting series was also about for me, not just transforming my relationship to the weather, but also other patterns that I was experiencing in myself that I could find places where there was limitation or old ruts that were not flowing as well as they could. And I wanted to feel more expressed, more free. Everything really fundamentally comes down to how is our energy flowing? And our energy wants to flow in patterns and we get into these ruts or these specific patterns that are familiar. This is part of human nature. It's even part of nature. Nature itself is cyclical. It's patterned. And it's sometimes, you know, in a neutral way, without charge, without judgment, we could say that's just the way it goes. Patterns are efficient. And our energy is always looking for efficiency or the path of least resistance. Sometimes the path of least resistance ends up not really being that efficient. It's compensating because we have trauma or experiences that, um, or we have wounds, right? Whether they're physical, mental, emotional, whatever, that cause obstructions and our energy is looking for the path of least resistance. And sometimes it, it has to compensate to get around these old wounds. And so we get into these ruts, these patterns of compensation. And maybe that works for a while. It gets us out of danger. It gets us to the next place we need to go. But then we're ha we find ourselves repeating things that we don't want to be repeating. And we do the work <laughs> to become aware of what those things are, to try and heal and, and move through them. And sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not. And we, we revisit those old patterns. So energy does this. How do we shift that? How do we create new flow, new patterns? How do we rewire our old stuck places and heal the, from that, that the trauma obstructions, right? How do we do that? And in polarity therapy, we do that through um, looking at the energy body through the chakra system elementally, and, and we can kind of apply these symbolic uh, prescribed remedies of movement, nutrition, sound, body work. So there's all these different ways that we can treat our energy physically and symbolically to heal and rewire those stuck patterns um, that are just, that we come with, that we inherit, <laughs> that we're genetically responsible for, or that we pick up along the way. And that's part of our karmic journey. It's part of our healer's journey, our hero's journey. And it's what makes us unique. And it's what makes our lives so profoundly awesome is having these challenges, having these opportunities to grow and heal and evolve, right? So we can look at them through the negative pole lens of, oh, I have these stuck places or these resistances or these patterns. I don't like them. They're not serving me anymore. And 
And we can say, that's great. I have this opportunity to learn and grow and heal. So how do I want to approach that? And so for me in this creative journey that I'm sharing with you in this episode, my approach was to paint my way through it. And this was, there's two different ways or two different ways to look at how I was doing this or what it was I was painting my way through. One is, as I said earlier, the weather, (laughs) my relationship to place and to the grief of being in the dark and to the the ways that darkness inspires um, challenge and grief in general, right? How can I relate to those places in myself and in the weather and in the town that I live in, in a new way? How could I create new patterns around those, those perceptions? And then the other thing, the other level that I was working with here was just how I approach art in general. And I really wanted to come up with a new way to approach my art. I had some old patterns of perfectionism that were keeping me stuck. And I was ready to move through that. So perhaps in your life, you have something that you are experiencing, something that you are carrying. Maybe it's an illness or a relationship or a job that you don't like, that isn't really working for you anymore, that you wish you could change your relationship to. And I just want to invite you as you listen and observe this episode to really try that on for yourself. Like how, how could this apply to you? This idea that on a fundamental energetic level, you could take some form of ritual action and you could find a new was detail-oriented, 
and small strokes, you know, really I give, I would spend months and months on one painting, sometimes years and years. And it was, it was a little painstaking at times, <laughs> the amount of detail and effort and perfectionism that would show up. And this is not uh, unique to my art, that those same traits, those same ways of approaching things were showing up in my life as well. I wanted to feel more flow in my life. And so I decided to really do that through my art and I go on a journey with the art to see, you know, how I could approach it differently and how could I meet my creative process uh, with this awareness of these stuck points and move through them differently as a way to reorganize my own energy and the patterns that my energy had gotten into these ruts of perfectionism and kind of spinning out before creating and not bringing things to completion, I decided to approach art in a completely different way. And I taught myself how to uh, paint in an abstract way as opposed to in a realistic way. And I had never done abstract paintings before. I was terrified, kind of thought that painting abstract would be quicker and easier and it would help me get out of my head and more in my body and it would feel you know freeing and I would feel this abandon and I that's what I really wanted <laughs> not the perfectionistic thing I wanted to feel wild and free but when I tried doing it I realized that it was really hard it didn't look good the paintings weren't looking the way I was feeling and I wanted to learn how to translate that and how to have a cohesive experience where the creation was really a reflection of what I was experiencing and of the consciousness. So I wanted to feel that freedom and I wanted to, and I decided to focus for the series on the weather and my relationship to the weather because that gave me a subject, right? An emotional quality to paint from <laughs> and so I, that helped right and then I also gave myself a limited color palette so that I could create a cohesive series because that felt better than seeing all this chaos and I was looking for you know these specific creative constraints that would help create a, a solid container so that I could feel more free and playful within it because that's something I've learned about myself is that the more options and unlimited possibilities that exist, the more paralyzed I can become. And it's, it's not good for my perfectionism. If you ever suffer from this, I invite you to try creating limitations because it's very powerful. And it's, um, it's, it's a really cool thing that you might not think of it that way, that creating limitations will create more freedom.
That old pattern of just sort of dancing around the blank canvas and having difficulty actually getting started was totally blown out of the water with this new method of painting. I just started pouring paint. I wouldn't know what I was going to do. I would just start pouring. I would make smaller studies so I could have an idea before I got to the large canvas, but... Um, but I, I was really working with paint that was out of my control, splattering, dripping, pouring, um, learning how to work with, with different consistencies and different tools. I got rid of my tiny little brushes that I used to do all this detail work with, and I started using giant brushes and, um, palette knives and, you know, any tools that I could find lying around, some that weren't even painting tools, my fingers, right? I really was just playing, and that's what I wanted to feel, really. I wanted to feel playful. I wanted to feel free. And I also wanted the compositions to work. I wanted um, the end result to convey something, some kind of feeling or thought or emotion or experience. And it didn't matter if it was the same as the one I was having while painting it, but I was very conscious of the tuning in and really embodying that emotional quality or the thought or essence of what I was painting before I painted and while I was painting and getting my body involved in the painting process. So that was Oh my goodness, I used to sit at the uh, easel and just get so stiff from doing this really detailed work and I would completely disconnect from my body. Hours would go by and I would have like knots in my shoulders and my wrist would be cramped <laughs> and then I'd have to go get a massage and work it out. And so I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to approach this in an embodied way and so I would put on music, I would dance, I would um, cry, I would make sound, and that really helped in the process of, you know, feeling more embodied as I was painting. And I would take a lot of breaks, too. I would just sit back, and I would, I would do some painting, and then I would let that layer dry, and I would observe what was happening and how it was changing. It was all an incredible adventure. And at the same time, I was doing these practices knowing that this was a symbolic ritual action that I was taking to the level of my energy body and to the rest of my life. How can I be more embodied in my life? How can I be more expressed in a free way? How can I approach the problems, the issues, the old resistances that I have to things like the weather and just, you know, embrace them, find the beauty in them, play with them or be with the, 
the full spectrum of grief and joy that came through and the whole range of emotions and the whole range of, of experiences that would come up and really be present with that. So the painting process was really about consciously going there while also applying that to my life, knowing that it would be applied anyway, because that was the consciousness and intention I was bringing. But it was so powerful and it continues to inspire me in new ways. And I'm seeing how my energy is changing and shifting and how I'm changing old patterns in other areas of my life because of this. A holistic experience for sure. And um, yeah, really, really helpful. So I'm going to read the poem one more time in completion and invite you to contemplate where in your life is the, the gray weather? What, what aspect of your life would you like to create a new relationship to? How can you accept those challenging places in yourself even more? How could you find some way to engage in ritual action to transform the things that are not flowing, that are not working for you in your life? In dream work, when we seed a dream or incubate a dream, oftentimes we're wanting to have some inspiration or we're seeding for information or we're seeding for to become unstuck around a thing in our life, right? And often when we set those intentions, we want the dream that will reveal this new positive possibility. And instead, Instead, we often get a nightmare <laughs> or we'll get a dream that doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't feel good. And, you know, our life can be like that in the way that our life is, is the dream, right? Sometimes we say, okay, I want to experience more abundance, more freedom, more joy. And in order to get to those experiences, we have to pass through the gauntlet of all of the things that are in the way, that we have put in the way. The dream, the nightmare might be bringing up that subconscious fear that is blocking our ability to experience the joy and the same in our life, right? So that said, how can we love the nightmare? How can we relate differently to the pain to the hurt, to the illness, to the, the stuck places that are inhibiting our ability to love our lives, to fall in love with ourselves and our own expression. How can we embrace the darkness as much as the light? That's really the contemplation here. So, embracing the dark.
Do not deny the beauty of the dark outside your window, for the window out is the window in. Do not retreat in misery, wishing for frolicking sunny days whenever the skies are weeping and the gale winds are moaning through the creaky trees, bending under the misty gray gloom, as though you could be relieved of your own shadow. Do not despise those endless cold drop-sealing days that may as well be nights. Dare to savor the contrast instead, to let the dreary be. Rather than seeking to extinguish the dark with light, remember that you are the weather, ugly and beautiful, mournful and joyful, whole and grateful, fluctuating and changeful. Take in all the many seasons and gradations of gray that are you. Wrap soft, glistening tendrils of hope around the malnourished places that are hard to love about you. Feed the darkness with curiosity instead of brightness. Look beyond what you think you see and invite the gloom to be itself completely. Ponder its stories, revel in its mysteries, allowing the dark inside, outside, to unveil its strange beauty, to feel at home in the embrace of you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine and watching if you are on YouTube watching this. And thank you for reviewing, liking, subscribing, following, sharing, commenting. All these paintings are for sale. I would love to get rid of them so I could make room to paint new ones. And I'm so excited to continue exploring this painting journey and keep listening and following and watching and thank you so much it's such an honor to be in sacred community with you <laughs>